Good morning. Good to see you guys in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, I'm getting ready to start a series, uh, Matters of the Heart. And so this morning, just as we're getting ready to receive the word of God in our lives, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put your hand on your heart this morning because we're going to be going over the, over the next few weeks, things that deal with the heart. And we're going to be focusing on a certain passage. But as we pray this morning, I want you to pray yourself that the Lord opens your heart up for revelation in his word over this next month concerning his word concerning your heart because the the word of god says that our heart is like soil that the word of god gets planted in so we have to make sure that we're caretaking that soil and making sure that we're if any of us are gardeners or planted anything then then you know that it's not about just throwing a seed out there and hoping it takes you got to nurture that thing you got to take care of that thing so we got to take care of our hearts right so let's pray over our hearts this morning. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we are getting ready to enter into this series of matters of the heart, I pray, Lord, that every person, every individual, including myself, Lord, that we were, uh, that we're humble this morning, Father, that we're humble to receive from your word, that you will reveal your word to us at great levels. And I pray, Father, that as the seed of the word goes forth this morning, that it takes root in a mighty way. And I pray, Lord, that you would reveal to us anything that we need to change, anything that needs uprooted in our lives. I pray, Father, that you would show us, Lord, any area, any stone, any hard place that needs removed. And, Lord, that you would take that, show us how to uproot it, give us the wisdom to know what to do in every situation and i pray that our hearts would be soft before you in jesus name we pray amen you can have a seat so as i said uh matters of the heart um our heart is like a soil it's like the the ground it's like the the very thing that the word of god gets planted into and you know many times people they come into a church service, they come and they sit, and they think that just walking through the church doors is enough. But that's not enough. Coming through the, the church doors, you know, many people check it off kind of like a checklist. You know, well, I went to church, I feel better about myself. But did, did anything get rooted in your heart? Did anything get sown into your spirit that helps you change your outlook, your perspective on life, that changes and renews your mind so that you're seeing the world, seeing things in the world, seeing the spiritual through God's eyes instead of seeing it through the world's eyes, seeing it through a natural perspective. But God wants us to see things through his perspective, to see things in the spiritual mindset because his way is supernatural, not in the natural right so we want to see things in the supernatural and this morning I want to I want you to turn over if you have your Bibles I want you to turn to Matthew 13 Matthew 13 and the Bible even says you know out of out of the overflow of the heart out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks that whatever we put into our heart is what's going to come out of our mouth. You know, many times you can, you can listen to people and hear exactly what they've been putting into their life based on what's coming out of their mouth. 
Based on what's coming out of them, you can see what they've plugged into. You can see what they've put themselves around. You can see the, the, the uh, environment that they've been around, the people, the, the type of people they've been around, just by listening to them talk. And, and you know, anytime we start adding this into our life and allowing it to change us, guess what changes? The way we speak. Because if we're putting this into our heart, then guess what starts changing? Our tongue. Our words start changing. We start lining up with the word of God. And it begins to, to change our life and change our outlook in life. So we're going to read in Matthew 13. I just want to go through the parable of the sower here. And it, uh, I'm going to be focusing on some, some parts throughout the, the next few weeks in the parable of the sower. Normally when I've taught this, I've taught it all in, in one session. I've never broke it down this detailed before. So we're going to get into some meat of it. But it, in the parable of the sower, let's start at verse 3 of chapter 13. It says, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So this was the parable that Jesus was telling uh, the people that were listening, his disciples, not just his twelve, but a variety of people that had been following him. But later the disciples asked him, his twelve asked him, Lord, what does this mean? Give us, give us an understanding. See, you can hear something, but not necessarily understand it. And that's what he was saying. Some people are ever perceiving, they're ever, they're ever hearing, but never, ever, what is it? Help me out. Ever perceiving. Why am I so lost on that? Oh, my lands. They hear, but they don't hear, is what I'm trying to say. They he you ever have a, a situation where you hear, and then you're like, what was they saying? I just completely missed the whole paragraph that they said. I completely uh, did not tune in to what the, what the instructor said, what the teacher said, what the person just said. What was the assignment? I was hearing da-da-da-da-da-da, but I didn't hear what they said. It's the same thing. Ever seeing, they can see what's in front of them, but they're not seeing it in the spiritual, they're seeing it in the natural. And so God wants us to, to understand things in the spiritual, not understand things just in the natural. So he goes over in verse, uh, let's skip over to verse 18. And he's explaining this parable to them. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a little while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed 
on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundred, some 60, and some 30. So we want to be hearers of the word and be able to produce a harvest, amen? Not, not uh, hear the word and then it has no impact, no effect on our life. And, if, and of course, the Bible says that the word of God is living, it is active, it is sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even between the joints and the marrow. It, it, it measures the intent of the heart. So God knows, no matter what our actions are, he knows the intent of our heart. He knows the motive of our heart. He knows what we think. He knows what we've heard, but yet how we act or how we respond to a situation. And so the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It can actually penetrate and, and divide between soul and spirit. That's why you can hear something and know something, but in your spirit, you feel like, yeah, but something's not lining up like in my head yeah this all looks right but in my spirit something's not lining up something doesn't feel right about that something isn't isn't clicking I mean God can tell you the the not to go here or you know you could be in fact there was a, a time I remember that we were planning a trip back home we were in Hana Hawaii at the time uh, we were there you know in the mission field and we had been planning a trip to uh, take the kids back home see the grandparents all of that and and in my spirit as I'm booking these tickets I'm just like I don't I, why am I feeling such a, a hold on this why am I feeling like I shouldn't book these but I went ahead and did it anyway and then later it was a few weeks later we had met with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, and he invited us to Tampa to, to go to the Ministers and Leaders Conference. And he said, if you guys will come, you know, come, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, make sure that, that you guys have a, a place and all of that. So we accepted. And, and then my tickets now are completely void because the tickets that we bought were to West Virginia, not to Florida. So now I had to cancel those, and it ended up being a $500 uh, deduction from us because I didn't get insurance. You know, I'm, I'm one of those that I, I always just, like, gamble. I take the chance, you know. <laughs> I don't get insurance. But we had to pay that $500 then, and then I understood why in my spirit. See, in the natural, it looked perfectly fine. In the natural, why would I hesitate on booking those tickets? But I had no idea what was getting ready to transpire. I had no idea the invitation that was getting ready to be offered. But, the, but God knew. God knew. And if I would not have, if I would have uh, led by that, heeded to that, instead of ignoring that, then I would have saved $500. God cares even about your finances. God cares about your situation. He doesn't want you to be misled. He wants you to actually have understanding where he has understanding and not be in the dark about things. He was trying to reveal something to me, and I didn't listen. By listening, I could have saved myself some money, but I didn't. But it shows you that God's word, God's voice in your life can divide between soul, which is your thinking, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and the spirit where God's trying to lead you.
So the word of God, even the voice of God, will show you the difference, and it cuts between those things. So the word of God is powerful. It is living. It is active. It's not something that's dead. You know, we'll read words on a page many times and think these are just words, but words are, they're, they're living things. And when you have a word of God that's spoken by the ultimate authority and the ultimate creator of the universe and everything that exists, how should that impact your life? It should completely turn your life around. It should be the very thing that you hold as all truth and as all authority in your life, right? When we read the word of God, we should take that in as that's my story. That's my word. That's something that God has sent to me to change my situation. The very word that he gave to so-and-so in the Bible is the word for me. He doesn't change. He doesn't lie. He's not a man that he should lie. So when he gives us his word, he wants us to stand on it. He doesn't want us to say, well, yeah, that's that's in the Bible, but I don't really believe it. I believe what's in front of me. I believe my situation instead. But he's trying to show you the way out of your situation when he gives you the answer in the word of God. And as soon as you get a hold of that, the sooner you're going to begin to see change in your life. The sooner you're going to go from the natural into the realm of the supernatural. And you're going to begin to see things take place in your life that's different because you're operating at a different level. You're operating at a supernatural level, not a natural level. So God wants to bring you into that. So when the word of God is sowing, guess what he's trying to do? He's trying to get the supernatural into your heart. He's trying to get his word into your heart because the word of God changes things. It turns things around for you. So these aren't just words coming off of a page. These are the very words of God. All authority. All authority. Say the Bible should have all authority in my life. Amen. So let's talk about, let's talk about these, uh, these four areas which I'll probably only get through one or two today. But the conditions of the heart, the conditions of the heart. Well, the first one we see mentioned is the path or the wayside. It says in verse 4, And as he sowed seed, some fell by the wayside or the pathway, and the birds came and devoured them. The birds came and devoured them. The pathway, the wayside. This would be like me going up here on Country Club Road, taking a packet of seeds and starting to throw seeds out on the road. You would say, that's stupid. What is she doing? That's not going to take root. That's, that's, that is not the place to throw seed. That's not the place to expect seed to take root and bear a harvest. And we all know that, right? But if we, if we understand that this is one of the, the conditions of the heart that Jesus is talking about, we have to look at it. And we have to say, okay, the pathway, the wayside, this is a possible condition that my heart could be in. So I have to look at this and say, is this where my heart's at? Because one of the things that will keep us from this very passage right here, the scripture that I read, one of the things that will keep us from it is pride. Because I'm telling you, pride is the very thing that will, that will jerk you out of the blessing of God. Because pride will keep you from looking at your own heart and being honest with yourself. 
and saying, yes, I, I, I need to do this. Yes, I need to do that. Because pride is the very thing that the enemy fell from heaven into, into the earthly realm. He fell from heaven because of pride. And if you think about it, we can be in the very presence of God. Think about it. Lucifer was in the presence of God all the time. All the time. And you would think, man, being in the presence of God and having pride so much to the point that you wanted everybody to worship you, that you wanted everybody to look at you, you wanted people to sing uh, glorifying praises to you, you had it in your heart to, to put the attention on you instead of God. So that tells us, even in the presence of God, even in a church service, someone can sit and have so much pride in their heart that they won't receive God's word or the light of God in their heart. So it's possible to set just because someone comes, that's why I said just because someone comes into the church doors doesn't mean they're getting changed. It doesn't mean they're getting transformed. It just means that they've, they've come in. They're physically here, but it doesn't mean that they're spiritually engaging, you see? So the wayside, the wayside is hard. It's a hard surface. Who walks on the wayside? People, it's where people travel, right? You know, today we have cars, we have automobiles, we have vehicles, we have transportation. During those times, they had uh, carts, wagons, they had people that walked, they had oxen or donkeys, they had, they had animals. They, these things get trampled. They, they're not, it's not going to be a place where seeds can bear root. It's not going to be a place where seeds can, can penetrate into the ground. So think about that. It's actually when you're hearing the word of God, are you letting it penetrate into your heart? Or is it bouncing off of your heart? Because that's what happens on the wayside. It bounces off of your heart. And this is why the Bible says that you can hear, but then walk away and deceive yourself. That's why we have accept the challenge. Because the challenge is don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Doers of the word are people that hear the word and then they will actually go out and they'll do it. They'll practice it and they'll allow the word of God to change their heart, to change their mind, renew their thinking in the way that God wants them to think. Not just hear the word and said, yeah, I chalked up the time. Because hearing and doing is very different than just hearing. And that's why people can deceive themselves. They can say, yeah, I was there. I heard it. I go to church every Sunday. I go to church three times a week. I do this, I do that. But it doesn't mean that you're, you're receiving anything. It doesn't mean that you're hearing the word of God really. It just means that you're here physically but not mentally. So we have to ask ourselves, am I listening to the word of God and am I allowing it to penetrate? Now what happens here, it says the birds come and what do they do? Devour, they eat the seed. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, we see that in the, in the parable, but what does that mean in the spiritual? There are actually agents of the enemy that are sent to steal the seed from you. There are, there are things that the enemy uses to steal the seed that's being sown to your heart. So every single time the word of God's being presented, you have to actually make an attempt to actively participate and engage your spirit. I mean, think about it. If you were going into a classroom and you're expected to pass a test at the end of the course, 
You would pay attention, you would take notes, right? You would be sitting there, you would be actively paying attention just because of that test. Just because you know at the end there's a test coming up. You may not actually even be interested in the subject material, but you'll pay attention because there's a test coming up. Well, here's the thing. In, in uh, preaching the word of God, in, uh, the, when the word comes forth, you're actually getting that stored up. Why? Because there are tests in life. And when those tests come, guess what? Whatever's been put in you, when it gets pressed, what's going to come out? But if it's bouncing off of your heart, then it's not actually getting stored up. It's not actually, in fact, the Bible says that a good man brings the good out of his heart and an evil man brings the evil out of his heart. That's why you can hear what people have been around. Because what's been stored up in their heart comes out. And when you, they, they face that trial, when they face that test, you see how they respond. You see how they act. You see the choices that they make. That's because of what has been stored up on the inside of them. Because of what they've been putting themselves around. What they've been listening to. The people they hang around. The, the voices in their life, so to speak. It's kind of like a sounding board. You know how you, if you go back in our sound room, you're going to have a, a soundboard, and it's got all kinds of knobs and, and levers that you can push and pull. And, and you know, it, it looks a bit intimidating whenever you don't know how to use the thing. But if you know how to use the thing, you can, he could sit back there right now and turn my mic down so that you're not even hearing a word I'm saying. You know, it's kind of like that in life. You, have the, you are the one that controls the soundboard of your life. You have to turn things up, and you got to turn some people off. You got to turn some voices up so that that's what's speaking into you and completely turn some of them off because they're not good for you or they'll, they'll, they'll cause unbelief in your walk of faith or they'll cause you to doubt or they'll cause you to, to stumble. They'll tempt you. They'll throw things in front of you that aren't good for you, but only you can control that soundboard. Nobody else can. You're the controller of your own soundboard. So make sure that you're controlling what goes in. That's why the Bible says to guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart. Because out of it flows the virtues of life. It's the, the wellspring of life. It's like the well. And when you go to bring something up out of it, whatever's been put in, that's what's going to come out. So you got to pay attention. You guard your heart above all else, the Bible says. That means above anything else that you're doing, make sure you're guarding your heart. Guard what you watch. Guard what you listen to. Guard your atmospheres and what you're around. Guard your homes. Guard your families. This is so important. I can't speak enough about that, about guarding your home, guarding your children, guarding your family, guarding what you're around. Because the enemy looks to seek and destroy. He looks to kill. He looks for ways. That's why, look at the media now. How much stuff is on the media in cartoons, witchcraft, sorcery, all kinds of junk, spiritual, demonic things that are going into kids' lives and parents have no idea because they're just you know, throwing something in front of a child and, and they're taking this stuff in. It's affecting them. It's showing them a dark side. It's showing them the, the realm of witchcraft. It's showing them the realm of the enemy. It's showing them uh, pornographic things at times. It's showing, I mean, there's some junk out there anymore. So you got to guard 
your family. Guard your children. If you do this, guess what? When they're older, they're going to be set up to run, not fall. They're going to be set up to go further. Change your family tree. Just because it was, you know, Brad and I were talking about this the other day, how people can go, well, you know, I'm okay. I turned out okay. You know, and I dealt with this in life. So what? Just because you turned out what you call okay, is that the same standard that you want for your kids? Is that really the same standard that you want to measure up to? Or do you want better? Do you want to change your family tree? Because you can. Because you can. You can make the choices to change your family tree today. And, you know, maybe you were raised and it wasn't that bad. But you can still in, bring things into your life that make it better. Every generation should go a platform higher than what the past generation was. Every generation. So make it in your heart today. Purpose in your heart that I want to go, go faster. I want to go farther. I want to advance more. I want to go higher than what my family did. I want to give my kids, but I want my kids to be set up for better than what I was set up for. So these, these birds that come and steal the seed. What are these birds? Let's talk about these birds for a second. Because whenever we hear the word of God, these birds, the Bible says, come and devour the seed. They devour the seed. Well, that means they're coming to steal the word from, from penetrating into your heart. Well, what are those? What are those? I, I wrote a few down uh, just as I was thinking, and this by no means is, is all of it. But uh, just a, a few. Some birds are, number one, we don't value the word. That can be one bird. We don't value the word. We don't look at it as the full authority of God. We don't, we come in and it's just like another preaching service. It's just like another time in, in church. We don't, we don't value the word of God and put a heavy emphasis on this. And we don't look at the word of God as carrying weight in our life. We don't look at it as ultimate truth. We don't look at it as the answer to our problems. Many people just see it as an old book. But it's not an old book. I already said it's living. It's active. It's the very thing that changes our life. So we have to value the word. What else? The Bible says those that did not understand the word. Your understanding. You know, if you're sitting, I remember sitting in an algebra class in high school. I did not understand algebra. It was not my thing. I hated algebra. I never understood why they were putting letters in a math equation. And it wasn't until I was teaching my own kids did it click with me. I'm like, oh, I get it now. It's the representation of a number that's missing that we don't know. <laughs> I know. Pretty sad, right? But somebody didn't teach me on a low enough no level that I, I got it. So it had me actually taking the effort to learn it so I could understand what in the world was going on, why they had A in a math equation, or C, or X. But the thing is, if you don't understand something, if it, and when I had that moment, it's like, oh, ah, I get it. Aha. Uh -huh. You know, that aha uh -huh moment, light comes on. Well, the word of God can be like that. It's like, aha. Uh -huh. You can be reading the word of God and it'd be like, oh, I get that. That makes so much more sense now. I understand that. Yes, that makes sense in my situation. 
That's what God's word is designed to do. It's to, to be a light into your situation, to reveal things to you in your life, in your heart. So there's levels of understanding. It's not just like, oh, I understood the, the, the main idea and that's it. Because there's various levels. Don't ever say, I, I got it all. Don't ever say, like, oh, yeah, I understand it all. Because there's levels, like an onion, that you can peel back on every topic, everything that the word of God has. It's revelation upon revelation upon revelation. You never stop understanding and learning. So there's revelation in the word of God. And God wants us to move into those levels of understanding. Well, one of the things is, it says that the birds came. And it says, if they did not understand, then it fell upon the waste side and it didn't penetrate so one of the things we have to pray for that's why when I read the word of God many times I'll say Lord as I read this today give me understanding in your word give me new revelation in your word give me insight into what it is that you're trying to say to me in your word why because every time I open the word I can gain new revelation if I'm open to it but we got to be open to it we can't just think, oh, yeah, I heard that. I heard that preaching once on my heart. I got it now. No, every time you hear it, you can get a new revelation unless you, unless you take the attitude that you already got it all. Then you probably won't get a new revelation. But if they don't understand it, if they don't value it, what's another one? This is very common. My mind wonders. Everybody's mind does that, but you have to train your mind. You can be sitting there in church and you can be thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner. Where, where am I going to eat today? Oh, man, I got I to gotta order that car part. I got to do this this week. Oh, I forgot to get back with so-and-so. Yeah, all kinds of things can go through your mind. But you got to actively, like, no, I'm going to bring my mind in line. What's one of the things that I do? I make sure that I have uh, in, my, in my bag at all times, I always have a notebook. I always have a pen. And I'm ready in service to take notes. Or if God reveals something to me, if Pastor Brad's preaching, there may be things that God reveals to me. He may not even be touching anything about it in the pulpit, but God may, boom, put something in my spirit. But if you're not ready for it and you're not prepared, do you think he's going to give it to you because the bible says don't throw or don't cast your pearl to the swine that means god's not uh, someone that just cast his most precious possessions to someone that's going to trample on it or to someone that's not going to value what he says so we have to hold these things like pearls we have to hold these things like treasures and when we learn something in the word of God, then we hold it. We value it. We don't treat it like it's nothing. We, you know, I mean, even thank him. Thank you, God, for showing me that. Thank you, Lord, for revealing that to me. So make sure your mind is staying active. Apply it. I tell my kids this. You've got to apply your mind. You, there's a difference between setting their hearing and actually applying yourself. Applying yourself means that you are making your mind pay attention and actually think about what is, what is being said. That's called meditation. I know people think New Age people came up with meditation, but they didn't. Meditation is actually in the word of God. That means to roll over in your mind to the point that it gets so rooted in you that it's like, boom, all of a sudden, there's this, this, uh, just this energy that comes from it that, that gets you excited and motivates you for change. 
it's roll it around to the point that you get like this great understanding and it's like, yes, I got it. Meditation, thinking about it. Thinking, thinking, thinking. You know problems get solved by thinking? Think about if we think about the word of God, then we're solving problems according to how God sees fit. What else? Our mind wanders. We get distracted. Oh, boy, do we get distracted in church. (laughs) There's so many distractions. And honestly, the enemy loves to use distractions. I'm not saying that people are the enemy. I'm just saying the enemy will use distraction to keep you from receiving. So that means you got to be aware of that. You have to be aware that that's something the enemy uses. What does that mean? People getting up, going to the bathroom. I'm not saying you should never go to the bathroom. It's not what I'm saying. But do your best to try to hold it. There are times I'm about ready to bust over there because I drink like two cups of coffee in the morning and a half a bottle of water. And I'm like, man, I got to go. And as soon as 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 Pastor Brad's done, then you see me bolt to the bathroom. (laughs) But I'm not going to go the majority of the time or I'll go in between transitions of of song and and offering, something like that. Why? Because I don't want to be a distraction to you receiving the word or to someone getting saved. Think about how many times people choose to go to the bathroom during an altar call. We are here to usher in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who we come to honor. It's who we come. I mean, we are here to celebrate the, the ushering in of the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This isn't about ourselves. This is about him coming in and touching us every single Sunday. And when we do that, then we're honoring him. But if we treat it lightly, like it's no big deal that he's here and he's moving, and if we treat it lightly, like, yeah, whatever, Uh, I know pastor's giving altar call right now and asking someone if they want to, you know, go to heaven instead of go to hell, but, you know, whatever, I got to pee. Think about that, the decision, because for someone that's not trained in the word, it takes, boom, distraction. I missed the altar call. You get it? It takes a a moment to distract somebody, and then all of a sudden, they don't have the boldness to step forward anymore. And it may not be your family that morning, but pray. Pray for them. Pray. God, if there's anybody in here this morning that needs Christ, then I pray that they receive that. I pray that you give them boldness to go forward. And just hold off a, a little bit before you go. I'm I'm being serious. I know it sounds ridiculous, but we're talking about spiritual things. We're not talking about, you know, uh, a a math equation, you know, that you can catch up on later. This is like serious, serious stuff, a moment that someone's life could get changed. But that also means that you have to pay attention to that for your own life. That means every time that there's a distraction... You know, kids don't know better a lot of times, so that's why parents, you have to, you have to teach them, no, it's, it's time to be quiet, it's time to listen, it's time to this, it's time to that, you know, it's time to worship, it's time to this, because if not, then they'll, they'll do whatever they want, and a kid can distract, and then the message is coming out, the very answer for your problem could be being preached, but something distracted them, and they're watching something else. A person could be watching, you know, so-and-so talk, 
somebody else in, in, in service. I've seriously, we have been in services where somebody pulled out, this is no joke, a whole Subway sub and began to eat it like it was lunchtime in the middle of service. No joke, open their bag of chips. I mean, you hear these, these crunching behind you and you turn it around and no joke, he's got the whole thing like unfolded. He's taken a big bite out of his Subway sandwich. He wraps it back up later. Next thing you got a banana out for dessert. And I'm just like, are you kidding? But this is, this is seriously what people do many times. So this is why you gotta cover it because not everybody knows. What's another, what's another uh, method that the enemy uses to steal fights, conversations after church? There's so many times that people leave the service and couples will get into an argument afterwards. And guess what? It's the enemy trying to steal the joy that was placed in you or the transformation that got placed in you at the altar or during that time or the word that got sown into you. And then all of a sudden, it's one little thing happens and then they're bickering and they lost that word. They lost that very thing that got sown into them that morning. So be aware, because in many times they think, oh, well, it was my husband, it was my wife. No, actually what's going on is the enemy pushed a little button to try to get that thing in there so that it caused enough of a disruption that you didn't keep what was sowing into you. So paying attention to these things. Don't allow the enemy to come in. Don't allow those birds to come and set up shop. People a lot of times don't pay, well, it's just a bird. It's just a distraction. It's just this. It's just that. Like, fight for your word. Get rid of those birds. Shoo them out. Tell them they're not allowed to stay. Like, don't treat it lightly. Don't, don't look at it as a light thing. Get rid of the birds. Make sure they don't eat your seed. Because many people lose their very key to success, their very key to the, the answer or the problem that they have because they're, they're, they haven't shooed the birds away. They allowed the birds to stay. And then they deceive themselves thinking, oh, yeah, I went to church. I, I, I got something. When in actuality, they, they were in church. They were there physically but not spiritually. Is this making sense to some? Okay. All righty. So pray that your word is not stolen. Be, be active in guarding your word. Be active in guarding your word. Now, I did talk about understanding. I'm going to wrap up with this. Understanding the word of God. Because I want you to know that, that you can change your level of understanding. It's not just like, well, you know, I just don't understand things well. And I, I, can't, I can't help that. I can only, you know, think at a certain level. You can change your level of understanding. But I want to give you a few things that can um, change that for you so that you know what you can do to change your level of understanding. The deeper understanding of the word that you have, the greater revelation of the word that you have, the greater productivity and the greater level of fruit that's going to come out of your life. So that means situations will change a lot easier for you when you have the word stored up in you because you know what you're supposed to do in this situation. So how, to, how can you grow your level of understanding? Number one, 
Whenever you hear a message, I mean, we are so blessed today. We've got YouTube, we've got we've got podcasts, we've got things that that we can do to to get the word of God. It's not just uh, Sunday morning service anymore. We can hear the word of God all week long by the technology that we have. So when you hear the word of God, whether it's here or whether it's on uh, technology, listen to it time and time again. Don't just. There are some messages that I'm like, man, that's something that I need a deeper level of, I'm going to listen to that one again. I'm going to listen to that one again and again and again. I could listen to a message four or five times and get a greater understanding of that particular topic just because I'm getting it in me. The same message over and over and over. So don't just listen to something once. Listen to it many times. It builds faith in that area. It renews your mind. It changes your thinking because when you've been submerged in something for 25 years, you're all automatically going to think the way your parents thought you're automatically automatically going to think the way of what you've been around what you've been taught so in order to change your thinking and renew it according to the word of God then you got to get it in you get it in you pour it in pour it in pour it in until your thinking begins to line up with God's word number two listen to a variety of messages on that topic. So yes, you can listen to the same message over and over, but let's say for instance, if you wanna understand the biblical concept of finances better, you wanna understand how to raise your children in a godly way, you wanna understand marriage, then listen to many different podcasts, many different preachings in that area. Like when I was raising the kids, I was reading books about how to raise godly children. I didn't just, uh, you know, say, well, I've got these kids and I hope they do okay. I hope they turn out. I wanted to instill in me things that were going to tell me how to discipline right, how to make sure that I was solving the issues that were at hand at that time, whether it was age two, age five, age, you know, 14. How do I deal with this? How do I make sure that I'm doing it in a godly way? so that they're going to, there's going to be fruit from that later. So listen to multiple messages. Read books on it. Fill your heart with the things on that topic or that passage. Meditation. Meditation is the third one. The Bible says don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, day and night, day and night. Meditation. Think about it. Uh, think about what the word of God says in that area. Don't let the word of God stray from you. When you meditate on it, that's when it begins to take root. Obviously, prayer, fasting is another one. Pray, God, change my level of understanding. Just like what I said earlier, when I read this, God, give me insight into your word today. Give me understanding on this topic. I don't understand this very well. Give me revelation on this topic. Pray about it. And then the last one, ask questions. Ask questions. Find someone that, that seems to know more in that area and ask them, how did you get here with this? How did you get the, the fruit in that area? How did you manage to, to end up here when so many other people end up here and look like this? Can you tell me how to, how to deal with this problem? How to deal with that problem? What does the Bible say about these issues? Because people have gone the same, they have gone a path before that they've figured things out. Just because you haven't yet doesn't mean somebody else hasn't been through it yet. There, there, have been, there is no sin that the enemy is, is coming up with that's new. Everything was created 
all the way back thousands of years ago. It's just new to us because we're here right now and we only live for a certain amount of time. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't around before. People have gone down these paths before. Find people that have already been down them are successful. Ask them questions. Ask them what they found out. The Bible says plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. So as you're getting the word of God in you, be aware that there are things that are being thrown at you that are a distraction. Be aware that the enemy's trying to steal it. Don't, don't allow this to be your story of, of the, the ground or the heart being a path or a wayside, one that's of concrete, that it's just bouncing off. Begin to pray about the word of God. When you come in, be ready to write things down. When you come in, God, I'm ready to have a word of God minister to my spirit today. Speak to me. You know, it doesn't always have to be what I'm preaching on or what Pastor Brad's preaching on. He can still speak to you. I mean, even today, worship was powerful. Again, if you're entering in. But if you're not and you're treating the Holy Spirit like, oh, whatever. Yeah, he's here, but whatever. Again, don't cast your pearl to the swine. Who's he going to touch? Those that are loving him. Those that are, God, touch me today. I glorify you. You are so wonderful. There's none like you. You have touched me so much in so many other ways. I can't even count the blessings that you've given to me. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my family. I thank you, Father, for the roof over my head. I thank you, Father, for the car that you've given me to drive. I thank you for food in my refrigerator. I thank you, Father, for my job, for a place to live. Whatever it is, come up with something to thank thank him for. Be thankful. Come in to his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and he will touch you. He'll say, oh, look at that child. Look at that child of mine. They're glorifying their, my name. They're, they're giving me praise. They're giving me adoration. They're giving me, they're glorifying who I am. I want to touch them. I want to think about it, your own child. If your own child was going, Daddy, Mommy, you're so wonderful. I love you so much. Are you going to go, get out of here, kid? No, you're going to be, oh, honey, I love you too. Come up here. Sit on Mommy's lap. Come here. You want to read a story? Think about it. Whenever you show God your love and adoration, he's like, come over here. Let me touch you. Let me bless you. I want to speak to you this morning. He can speak to you even in worship, even in the time of praise. He can drop something into your spirit. And I know that's a whole other lesson, how to hear the voice of God. And I'll get into that sometime. But there are times when you can just be there and just feel his presence. You just feel him. And it's not that you're necessarily putting your finger on any specific thing, but you can just feel his presence and his goodness in your life.